Welcome back everyone for another Talera bit. As always, my name is Simon and I hope you're having a great day wherever you are. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, it's not something that I'm uh, necessarily an expert in, <laughs> but it is something that is really helpful when it comes to idioms and vocabulary because for some reason, this industry, this profession has shaped so much of the English language. And I think probably the biggest reason for that is because language plays such an important part. It is everything in this profession, in this industry. And that's what we're talking about today is the law, legal phrases, right? Um, I mean, really for myself, I only took one uh, business law class in college, and that was probably the most difficult writing experience of my life. I learned how to write in that course, and our professor, who was a practicing lawyer, he discussed so much about the importance of writing well, and in that class that really I kind of, yeah, I developed my ability to write. Um, but with that, you know, there's so many phrases and, and idioms that we use when it comes to uh, the law and, and legality, right? So here are a few. Now this goes together with a blog written by our very own Paula. Um, and there's some great idioms in here that kind of transcend law, which when I say transcend, that means it goes beyond just law, right? So I can say this transcends this industry, this topic, it goes beyond it, right? It, 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 we can use these in several different situations. So there are 10 idioms, 10 phrases, you know, that, that are kind of uh, legal phrases. Um, that you can use in many different situations. I'm going to pick my favorite five. And then, you know, if you're curious about the others, which there are really good ones, I would recommend going and checking out the blog. So number one is to lawyer up. And I love this uh, phrase because I've never had to say it, uh, thankfully. And this is probably something that you never want to say like, yeah, I need to lawyer up because really what that means is that you need to hire lawyers. So you probably never want to be in a position where you have to lawyer up. Um, but yeah, you can say, yeah, he, he lawyered up and he plans to sue the company, right? Which means he's hired lawyers. It's kind of a slang term to use. It has a little bit of aggression to it to say, hey, he's going to lawyer up. He's going to get some lawyers and he's going to sue that company. Now, if you're thinking, wow, that sounds so aggressive, from a cultural standpoint, keep in mind that the United States is a very litigious society. It is a very litigious culture, which means it's, it's very quick to, um, to court, right? Uh, very often you'll hear about people suing each other all the time. And I, while I wish this wasn't, uh, you know, as true as it is, there is some truth to it. So that's, I think, also a part of why we have so many of these phrases. Um, my second favorite phrase here is to bend the law. 
And <laughs> this is, yeah, a difficult one. Remember we talked about the importance of language in, in law, right? In the law practice. And, and very often you'll hear this term thrown around. Yeah, you know, they, they were kind of bending the law. They weren't breaking it totally, but they were bending it. So if you think about the law as a wooden stick, you're bending the stick. You're not breaking it, but you're bending it. And this is basically when you do something that technically doesn't break the law, but it could be considered inappropriate or could be considered, yeah, you know, not in the spirit of the law, right? So you're bending it, but you're not breaking it. It's always better not to take the chance and not bend the law, I would say. Another great expression is to say the jury's still out. The jury is still out on something, basically. So when you have a court case and there is a jury, which is the group that, uh, it's a group of your peers that decides on if you're guilty or not guilty. I'm sure you've seen this in all the movies. They go out into a different room and then they deliberate, they talk with each other and they try to come to a consensus, to an agreement on whether the person is guilty or not guilty. Now that period, while the jury is still in the other room, you would say, yeah, the jury is still out. As literally, they're out of the room and they're discussing whether you are guilty or not guilty. Now you can use this in a couple of different situations. So say, you know, I got in an argument uh, with someone uh, at work and you know, now there's managers and HRs involved, but I don't really know what the consequences are yet. So I could say the jury is still out, right? The people who are deciding what the consequences are, they're still deliberating, they're still discussing. Okay, so we talked about to lawyer up, to bend the law, the jury is still out. And then we wanna talk about an open and shut case. And this is a good one because you can use this in so many different situations. If something has happened and, you know, something bad happened and there was a very straightforward solution or it was a, it was a very straightforward consequence because of what that person did, you could say it's an open and shut case. There is no, there is no uh, debate. There is no kind of discussion on whether this person was right or wrong. It's an open and shut case. It's black and white. It's very, very clear, right? So, you know, I walked uh, in the other day and uh, into the kitchen and I found um, my girlfriend actually stealing cookies from this specific, my, they're, they're my it's my box of cookies, okay? I bought these cookies and I told her, I said, listen, these are my cookies, please don't eat them. She said, yep, sure, please, I, wa I won't eat them. And then two hours later, I walk in the kitchen and I catch her eating the cookies. That is an open and shut case. It's right there. All the evidence is very, very clear. Um, it's an open and shut case and you know, there's no dispute, right? There's no debate. Now there probably will be debate on her end and then I'll probably lose the case still, but to make my point, it's an open and shut case. So the last 
the last um, phrase I want to use here is to talk about the letter of the law, right? And when I say you need to do this to the letter of the law, you need to follow the letter of the law, this means you need to do exactly what the law says, right? Um, you have to follow the rules perfectly. And you can use this again, right? To think about the different situations you can use this. Anytime you're giving directions or an important, uh, yeah, an important rule or something, you can say you have to follow the letter of the law on this because you know very often people get in trouble if they don't do X, Y, and Z. When you do your taxes, you need to follow the letter of the law because you never know uh, if you can get some type of tax penalty or something, right? So the letter of the law is really following the law down to every exact letter, right? Um, so you could say, you know, the letter of the law says that he has to pay back the damages. So that's what it is, right? He has to pay back those damages if we follow the letter of the law. Okay, so these were five great phrases that we use again. And what's the word? They transcend law, right? They transcend and you can use these phrases um, in so many different situations. Um, check out Paula's blog because there are five other really good phrases that you can use. And as always, keep learning. And that's all we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed it and remember to subscribe to Talera Talks. We'll be back soon with more. And visit our website at talera.com for more valuable content on business English. You can also request a free consultation on the best ways for you and your team to improve your communication skills. So have a great day and keep learning.